Hi, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. Tonight, I want to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And it's happening a lot in the organizations I'm in, right? Great people, wonderful, wonderful. But we often confuse the means with the end when we're thinking about our goal or our effort, what we want to accomplish, our strategy. And when we do that, when we confuse the means with the end or the outcome with the strategy, it becomes impossible to know if we're actually making a difference. But more importantly, for the customer and those we serve, we may be just tweaking what already exists rather than really solving a fundamental need for them. And we're also presupposing the solution. When we're not clear about the real outcome or result, we can get pretty confused. Let me give you an example. This story means a lot to me. Actually, I was um, just talking this evening how lucky I am now to know Braille and have all the advantages of that as a blind person because that was not always the case. And I, and I want to talk through the evolution of that and why, why when people with the best intentions confuse the means with the end, what that can mean for people. So until about the 1800s, blind people, if you were lucky, you were a professional beggar or you were in the circus, you did not have a lot of options. And there was a pretty generous individual who wanted to make a difference for blind people and set up the first school for the blind in France. And he wanted to help blind people learn how to read. A beautiful, worthy cause, right? Like so grateful for that. And at the time, their best thinking was, let's take what we already have, the alphabet. And let's take the alphabet and use twigs to kind of outline the letters, you know, build a letter A, build a letter M, build a letter L. So a blind person could fill a letter and start to read. And, you know, that was great. It was a great introduction for blind people, but obviously not really convenient or portable or, you know, self people can't just, what are you going to do? Carry around like a, a trunk of sticks and it just wasn't a viable solution so then they, the embosser came along and they said, hey, let's take the embosser and we can take these alphabet, the letters, and emboss them. And they made the first Braille book. It was gigantic. It was pages and pages that covered a whole wall because imagine to Braille, all, or not to Braille, to emboss each individual letter in a word just was enormous space, took a more enormous space. It was a space suck. So it was like a whole wall just to do one simple book. So again, a great effort. It did give blind people exposure to the idea of what does an A feel like, et cetera, but not really viable. Louis Braille was a, a young kid that was, uh, his parents brought him to the school. He was very bright. He was a musician, actually. And he was actually super depressed. He became almost suicidal because even the options they were giving to him would not allow him to pursue his dreams. He there's he has he had a journal that somebody would he would dictate, et cetera. It was found later when he passed away. And he said, I just want to be able to read and write independently and in real time. I'm paraphrasing that. But that was the goal. The goal was how can a blind person read and write independently and in real time? So if you want to take notes in a classroom, if he wanted to compose music, which he wanted to, the, all the options the sighted were bringing to him wasn't going to work. Why was that? The best intention, it's because the goal was really how Louis Braille verbalized it, to read and write independently and in real time versus how do we make the alphabet accessible? Very different. Making the alphabet accessible 
is confusing the means with the end. We're presupposing the solution. The solution is the alphabet, as sighted know it, and then to make it tactile for the blind, you know, make a stick for the letter T. And that becomes really challenging. I see this often in our organizations. People will come up with the solution out of the gate. We need, the goal is to implement a training program, or the goal is to create an integrated service delivery system, or the goal is to uh, enhance our R&D efforts. Fine, but those are strategies and they're not goals. And when we do that, again, we presuppose the solution and we lock ourselves in. If we have this culture where everybody wants to be innovative. Well, out of the gate, when you lock yourself in like that, you lock yourself down from exploring options. Louis Braille came up with Braille, which is, you know, most of you have probably seen it. There are six dots and the combination of those dots make letters and words. Um, we have shorthand for Braille. It's called grade two Braille. So I can, with one letter, make the word the, for example. So it condenses the space Braille is requires and it's really fast and simple. And we can also actually use a thing called a slate and stylus to write Braille on paper so you can take notes. Louis Braille was actually having a friend read to him one evening in the newspaper. And they were talking about, they were reading an article about the military at the time. And at war, the military came up with this new way of sharing notes and information because you couldn't write a note and pass it along to some other troop. And then they have to turn a lantern on to read it because it would give away their position. So they came up with this tactile system that they could send notes, like a circle would mean we're surrounded. And the other troops could just feel the circle and know what it meant. And that got him thinking about why couldn't I create a tactile system? And he spent years of his life... It was really sad. He um, died without understanding the impact he had had on people, but he had taught a, a young girl how to compose music using Braille. And it was just a beautiful thing. And she actually became pretty popular. It's a long story, took it to the world. And now the blind have Braille across this world. But it started with the outcome a person needs, not a strategy an organization needs. It, it, for example, If an organization says, I need a new business analytics tool, that is a strategy to do what? Or you go out for a a large procurement for an IT system to have an integrated application system. What's the result? The result could be, yes, we want to simplify the application, but is that the actual result the customer wants? What's the outcome that the customer really, really cares about and needs? And if we don't have clarity there, we're going to miss the mark. We're going to be chasing a million strategies, really cool, sexy vendor initiatives, all the latest buzzwords, and the customer is going to have a bunch of twigs to carry around in a suitcase. Wonderful intentions. Again, that was the evolution and, you know, and it was just amazing that Louis Brow came along and thought so differently from the place of real pain he was in. And sometimes we just have to put ourselves in our customer's shoes and ask, You know, I'm coming to a bureaucracy or to an organization, private sector, what do they really need? And we've become so internally focused with our rules and our policies and all of our tech systems that make it easier for us, but harder for our customer, and we just lose our way. So it's been on my mind this week as I've just worked with a lot of amazing teams and people, and we come to the table wanting to make a difference, and we come with our solution, and yet we can miss the mark. So when you go back to work this week and 
you're thinking about how to make a difference, stay anchored in the result for the customer, not the strategy we're attached to and avoid the big mistake of confusing the means with the end.